Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with one of our new guest hosts uh, on the youth side, on the student side, uh, Fayez Ali, and I'll have you do a little bit of an introduction. Um, but what are you up to right now? And then we'll get into your journey uh, as, as a kid. So what are you up to these days, Fayez? All right. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. So my name is Sayed Faizali. I'm originally from Karachi, Pakistan. I'm currently in my second year of my bachelor's in business administration uh, degree. And I currently study at the University of Toronto in Mississauga. Other than that, I'm also a project manager and social media manager for the tribe, which is an uh, which is a youth development organization based in Karachi, Pakistan. Sounds good. So tell us a little bit more about uh, Faiz uh, growing up. So I'll address you as, as Faiz because I think that's what, what you suggested. But what were you like growing up? What were you like as a kid? Kind of early fond memories uh, as, as, as a little wee one. <laughs> what were you like growing up? Yeah, so growing up, I was really a shy kid. Like I was one of those, as like a baby, I was one of those babies that like always stuck by, you know, his mother, right? <laughs> so whenever there's like lots of people that I didn't know or something like that, I would always be like, you know, right next to my mother. And even now when I meet, you know, these, um, you know, these uh, aunties and stuff, 17, 18 years later, they're like, oh, you were always uh, right next to your mother and, you know, hugging her leg and stuff like that. So I was a I was a pretty shy kid growing up, and uh, in fact, there's one there's one funny story contra- which contradicts that narrative. So my my father told me that one time he was watching me play in the playground. I must have been like two years old back then, okay. and I was just playing, minding my own business. And then some other kid who's like probably twice my height or something just comes and pushes me. Okay, <laughs> then I I get pushed onto the ground. I just get back up and my dad just told me that I just pushed him back and that kid fell back on his on the ground as well. But yeah, other than that, I mean, yeah, I was always a really shy and uh, not that confident kid, but I never had a problem with connecting with people and making new friends and stuff. Okay. Yeah, so... So tell us a little bit more about kind of that journey from being a bit of a, a shy kid more to kind of where you are now. So being someone who can make me connections, like is that it could be that typical kind of introvert extrovert where actually introverts, people um, who, who kind of seem like they're shy may not be right. It's just more that they like to develop the relationships like one-on-one or in small groups versus in a big giant crowd. So was that kind of you, you're able to kind of individually or in smaller groups develop your relationships, but like in a big giant conference or networking event or something, you're like, ah, like get me out of here, that sort of thing. Or, or what was that journey like? Yeah, I think that that uh, definition you gave of introvert extrovert really sort of was on the right on the money. So, yeah, growing up, that was the only way I could sort of make friends. Like if if it was like a one on one thing, then I would really easily sort of connect with that person and get to know them. But if there's like you know, let's say uh, like a group presentation or something like that, then it would then I would sort of like uh, have a harder time trying to raise my voice and trying to say that you know, voice my ideas and stuff like that, because I was always so afraid of like, oh, what if they think it's a dumb idea or something like that, right? So that was sort of uh, what my problem was. But then as the years got went by, sort of uh, I've developed a, a tendency and a, 
a tolerance for being able to be in like much larger groups and being able to stand out and enjoy standing out in those groups but in terms of the story of how i got there so uh i had to start in back when i was in karachi pakistan so i was really not that confident of a kid up until i'd say grade 6 okay mm-hmm. and what changed in grade 6 was that my mother she sent me to this sort of weekly like boys get together where you would come where like a bunch of you know teenage boys would cut, get together play some sports and then after that uh they, like the the supervisors of that event or that program they would sit all the boys down and then they would give like this sort of like 15 or 20 minute like a uh, lecture or talk about something about a religion islam mm. okay and i was never interested in the in the sports part of it like i and i still not that much of a sports addict or anything like that i don't watch any sports i enjoy playing some sports but whenever whenever i would go to those uh those weekly programs i was always really really interested in that uh sports uh, sorry in that uh lecture section of the of the program because before then I, w- i wasn't really learning that much about my religion and i remember all the way back in grade 3 i was really curious about how do i even know that <laughs> i'm following the right one right because uh you know a hindu is going to say oh my religion is the only correct one a christian is going to say my religion is the only correct one a muslim is also going to say my religion is the only correct one and then that disagreement got to me because it was like which how come everyone is saying that they have that they follow the right, the right religion mm-hmm. and i i don't even know why i follow this one right like i didn't have any reasons i remember turning to my friend one day in grade 3 and asking him this and he was just like so <laughs> like so confused and was like why are you even asking this but uh, yeah so i guess from very young age there's like this sort of thirst for searching for something for the truth right but of course when i was younger like i had these little spurts of sort of existential crises or something like that but then i would go back to just being a kid cuz children don't really think of that much about it right sure they they occasionally say something meaningful and then it just goes back to what am i going to eat right now what am i going to play right now <laughs> kind of thing so then those classes which i would attend in grade 6 to all the way up to like 8 or 9 those really really helping me uh learn that my religion islam it's not just sort of a religion in the conventional sense right it's not just something that you for example we pray five times a day it's not something that you do five times a day and then you're done mm-hmm. right you're not muslim five times a day you're muslim 24/7 365 sure and more than that it expanded my thinking and my uh outlook on it because it's not just sort of a set of rituals and beliefs it's also a philosophy it's also a like a, an ideology a way of looking at every single situation and scenario in your in your entire life it has a solution for every single one of every single thing that you can possibly encounter in your life and that's part of the mirac- the miraculous nature of it so really that's where i sort of found out the meaning of my life mm. right and when it comes to stuff i wish i knew earlier uh in terms of how to find out what job/career you want to pursue i would say that there's three steps three simple steps okay step 1 is very easy find the meaning of life <laughs> <laughs> okay the second step is 
find the purpose of your life. Okay. And step three is find the job that fulfills your purpose in life. Okay. So to let me to just elaborate on what I mean there is the meaning of your life is that overarching sort of why to everything. Why do I live? Why do I exist? Why is the universe here and everything? And then the purpose of your life is how do you specifically as an individual play a role in all of this? Okay. Right? So Alhamdulillah, all praise and thanks due to God are due to God. I found out the meaning of life pretty pretty quick, but I had no idea what my purpose in life was in terms of what am I going to do, right? I had no idea what like job or what career I wanted to chase after and stuff. And that was like a really, really big question, which was haunt, which haunted me all the way up to like, I'd say first year of university. Yeah, I only recently found out what my purpose in life is. <laughs> so continuing with the story, I was basically just attending a lot of those uh, sort of Islamic classes and stuff like that and sort of building my confidence through that because I realized through the stories and stuff of how, you know, you learn how the Prophet uh, Muhammad وسلم, and how he empowered his companions, the, his closest uh, friends and allies how empowered they were through this message. And it's a very simple message. It's just, you know, the Islam has, you know, 1400 years of scholarship and there's thousands, tens of thousands of books and everything written about it and everything about extremely nuanced and technical aspects of, oh, can you do this? Can you not do this? And all kinds of things. But it all, all of that boils down to just one simple foundation. And that's called Tawheed, which means La ilaha illallah in Arabic, which means that there is no God worthy of worship except Allah. All of it is built on that. And that's what gave me all of my confidence because I found out that if I don't need to care about what other people are saying, I only need to concern myself with my relationship with God. If I'm good with God, then everything else is going to sort itself out. Mm-hmm. Only God can help me. No one else is going to has true has the true ability to influence things in the universe and things like that so it's you have to go just completely sort of focus just really yourself on improving your relationship with god or allah as we say in in, uh, in arabic that's the name so uh yeah those those classes really helped me in that way and then another huge confidence boost was me for me was in uh grade 10, I believe. No, it was grade 11, sorry. In grade 11, uh, I was just going to school one day and then we were all called into, this, into the school's like seminar room. And there was some, uh, there was someone from this organization called the Barack Planetary Society. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you have to know about me is that I was that really sort of uh, nerdy, smart kid like I was known as like the smartest kid in class and stuff like that and everyone knew me as that sort of sciencey kind of kid so this uh, Barack planetary society thing was basically uh, so that sorry that representative she told us about how there's this space camp which happens in Pakistan every winter Okay. okay and in order to get into that space camp what you do is you have to fill out this, like you have to take this test basically. And that test is taken nationwide. So you have like students from all over the entire country taking that test, all right? 
and you have to register for the test and only the top 40 scorers get to attend okay so this is kind of weird but whenever when i first heard that i just knew looking i don't know if you if you like have had a similar experience but sometimes when you hear something and you just think like i know that i'm going to do this i know that i have to do this right i had that kind of a, a feeling about it so then i registered for the test i gave the test and then alhamdulillah i was selected for the program for the camp i attended the camp and that was a huge confidence boost for me because throughout my life like you know you hear people saying like oh you're so talented and everything but it was really hard for me hard for me to believe that because it i never really utilized and actualized those skills in any meaningful way <laughs> so <laughs> but thank but thanks to this like a uh, space camp which i attended i i realized that you know maybe i can do one or two cool things in life so <laughs> that really really boosted my confidence so after i attended that uh, i sort of came back with a with an even strong stronger desire to find my purpose in life basically right because during that camp one really big message is they try to uh, tell the cadets that's what you call the participants the cadets is that basically you know you guys you you guys are like really gifted and talented and you guys have to use those gifts to you know help our country right to improve the state of our country and stuff so i was like all right that's also a really good message and i got i want to find out how exactly i'm going to do that right am i going to make i don't know the cure for cancer am i going <laughs> to you know develop some sentient ai which is going to save everyone or something i don't know so uh that's basically what that camp did for me and then uh coming back onto the islamic classes thing that's that those islamic classes were where i met my first mentor mm-hmm. and his name was Ishaq bin Sadiq so what and i call him Ishaq by which means like brother sort of Ishaq brother mm-hmm. brother Ishaq right so what Ishaq by did for me was he really helped me answer those sort of questions about and those doubts about islam right for example how do i know god exists how do i know that uh the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that means peace and blessings be upon him how do i know that he he was a true prophet and you know these types of questions and i really i have to i have to owe a very good chunk of my spirituality <laughs> to him because he really helped nurture that and foster that so and he completely broke the stereotype so when you're growing up in pakistan there's a sort of this stereotype that anyone who's religious they're extremely judgmental they're so you know uh short tempered and they're like not fun at all to be around basically right but he completely broke that stereotype for me he was like he was really calm i was asking him questions that were like really sort of you you know you could say controversial in a sense and he was like completely okay with it he was always answering that questions and everything and he was really fun to be around he would he would be you know playing football with us playing cricket with us and everything so i owe a lot uh, to that man and i continue to owe to him because he's still my mentor and i'll touch upon that later so then later on i want to skip to my first year of university my first year of university it's a long story but i sort of got back in touch with uh, ishaq bhai with my mentor mm-hmm. and I found out that he's starting a new organization called the Tribe mm. which is 
all about developing the youth. The motto is nurturing the flag bearers of excellence. Hmm. And the way we do that is basically through the same things that we were already doing. Just sort of being chill and playing with kids and uh, sort of following this model of trying to make uh, religion, trying to break stereotypes about religion and everything, right? Right. So I joined the tribe and I also started my first year of university. And when I started university, I was actually studying computer science mm. my first year. And the reason why I chose computer science was because, well, you have to do something, right? You can't just say, I'm not going to study anything at university. Sure. And like I said, I had no idea what I wanted to do before then. So I was studying computer science uh, and I was also working for the tribe at the same time. And what my job was at the tribe was basically to, first of all, manage the social media, but another sort of unofficial job which I was doing was sort of managing this weekly uh, event program which we would do, which is very similar to the one which I ones which I would describe which I described earlier, the one where you like have, let's say, uh, if it's a two hour program, one hour thirty minutes is just playing, and then the rest thirty minutes is a, a nice uh, like motivational talk or something. Sure. So I'm doing both of these things side by side, and as the year is going along. I'm becoming increasingly uh, unsatisfied by computer science and increasingly satisfied with my roles at the tribe. Sure. That made me realize that I'm not a desk job type of person, right? And also, after sort of interacting with those kids and seeing how they, how much fun that they can they can have with Islam and with the religion and everything, and how passionate they can get about it, I realized that this is what I don't want to do. This is my purpose in life. Right. It's to give da'wah, as we say in, in, uh, in Arabic, in Islam, we call it give da'wah, which means to invite people to Islam, mm -hmm. right? So that's basically where I'm at with the purpose uh, section of things. And I know that you, Luki, you, your goal is uh, to make Toronto like the mentorship capital of the world, right? Right. So actually, to be honest, I consider you my competitor in that aspect. So <laughs> instead of just uh, Toronto, my goal is to make the entire Muslim Ummah into this huge like mentor, mentor, mentee sort of uh, system, right? And, like imagine 1.8 billion people and each person has like a mentor and a mentee and they both sort of help each other get closer to God and to also achieve their objectives in this life as well. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, helping them out in school, helping them out uh, when it comes to finding jobs and stuff like that. So, yeah, you and I are in a in the same uh, industry in a sense. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack in, in that story. So first of all, thanks for sharing all of that and, and your journey so far. Um, and, and what I took from, from some of that, and obviously it's still continuing, there's gonna be a lot more, you're, you're only in, in, in second year, there's, there's a lot more to, to be had. Um, but it sounds like from uh, a journey perspective for someone so young who started uh, kind of shy and introverted, they didn't want to connect with folks. Uh, they had a couple of things where uh, ultimately it was kind of belief that allowed you to have, you know what, I can do it as long as uh, for yourself, it was ha having faith in, uh, in Allah and in, in God, that sort of thing. For other people, it could be other things that they have kind of faith in. And from there, you get confidence to be able to do what you want to do. And, and then you continue down the path. You had a lot of mentors to kind of help you along the way. So that's definitely a, a lot of advice where you should, uh, for everybody listening, uh, go and find a couple of mentors and, and maybe even uh, be a mentor yourself and, and share some of your wisdom across the, the board. Um, 
And then what I also took from that is to, to challenge a little bit of your assumptions because, well, you started off computer science and realized, well, that wasn't what you wanted to do, right? And a lot of folks are in their kind of university college uh, degree and say, well, let me just finish it. I only have two more years, three more years, one year left, that sort of thing. Versus, you know what, why? Why, why can't I spend the next one, two, three years doing something that I actually enjoy and, and, and exploring? And, and part of that was really reflecting and having that understanding there uh, as well. So I think a lot of that is, is great. And in terms of like the whole kind of mentorship thing, yeah, I mean, we're competitors, but we're not. At, at, for me, I actually have shifted my focus a little bit instead of making it the mentorship capital of the world to make it the menteeship capital of the world. And, and the main reason is that uh, like, I find that mentors, they're a little bit bottlenecked in the sense that I can only mentor maybe one, two, five people if I were to do it justice, right? But as a mentee, you can ask five people, you can ask 27 people, you can ask 300 people for advice and guidance, right? And a mentor doesn't have to be kind of like, uh, like put a ring on, on it and get married yeah. to that person. It could yeah, be yeah. a trusted advisor that you ask for advice on occasion, right? Because you're, um, your, your brother, uh, was it Isaac, that you, you haven't connected with him for a while, and then you did, and then you didn't, and then you did, right? So he's kind of a mentor, even though you might have not spoken to him for, for months on end, that sort of thing. So those are a couple of uh, useful tidbits that I think we'd uh, want to get into, maybe a, a deeper dive in, in religion, a deeper dive in like mentorship, uh, a deeper dive in kind of youth inspiration and things like that. And then talking a little bit about, about finding your purpose, I think would be a, a very useful um, thing for kind of a future episode. But what are um, some of the kind of other general swipe, the stuff I wish I knew earlier that you'd want to share in addition to what else that you've had? Or uh, yeah, what, what are you up to in the next little while, kind of your, your future aspirations? All right, yeah. So uh, just another point of that mentorship thing that you mentioned. Yeah, it's it's definitely like you don't need to put a ring on on a particular person, right? You can have many, many mentors. Yeah. And just like you know, sort of uh, Isagvai is my sort of mentor when it comes to uh, my religion. I have lots of other people that I go through for a million other things, right? For example, if I if I have a question about, let's say, uh, eight, back when I had uh, any questions about computer science, I would go to my cousin because. He was a he was a really a easy person to access, and he was also uh, in a higher uh, upper year of his computer science degree. So he would help me out a, a lot over there as well. So yeah, you don't need to sort of stick to one person, and each you need to, it's more like you need to find one person for each thing in your life, I guess, sure. right? And uh, what else did you uh, mention? Oh, uh, any other swipe? The stuff I wish I knew earlier, kind of more, right, right. you know that you haven't mentioned before. I mean, you've already yeah. talked about a lot. And then, and then future aspirations, anything that you can look forward, we can look forward to hearing you do more of in the future. Yeah, so one, one more thing which I wish I knew earlier was, I wish I knew that the world wasn't as rulesy as it seems. So okay. what I mean by that is, you go, wherever you go, there are rules, right? But when you look at, you know, the biggest entrepreneurs and everything, you find that they... They didn't, I'm not going to say break the law and stuff, but I mean is take the initiative and challenge those rules from time to time. So for example, only recently, I remember at that DBL workshop, which you gave, that LinkedIn profile workshop that you gave, yeah. which I attended actually. And that's how I sort of contacted you for this podcast. After that was over, after you left, uh, I was just talking to the team and then I just asked them, like, are you guys hiring? And then they were like, oh, unfortunately, 
you know, the hiring phase is done and everything. And then I just said, what makes you say that? Okay. And then there was like, literally it was like a three or five second pause. And then they were like, what, what do you mean? What makes you say that? I was like, what makes you say that you're done hiring? And then there was another three to five second pause. And then they were like, well, actually, I guess you're right. So then they were like, well, I guess there is no reason why we can't hire you, right? So then two days later, I became the social media manager for that student club. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's just the power of asking, right? And, and having confidence that says, you know what, I can add value. So why wouldn't you want me? Uh, some of that is goes back to the confidence that you instill on yourself, which I think is, is great. So exactly. Like, uh, and also, for example, in that situation, what was the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is that they're going to say no to me and I wasn't going to get a job. Yep. But that's also what's going to happen if I didn't say anything at all. So I may as well just say it because you know, that 1% chance might come out actually happening and you might actually end up getting a job, some, sure. some other really nice outcome. So yeah, that's, that's what I mean by, I wish I knew the world wasn't as rosy as it seems. And uh, another thing, which I wish I knew earlier was that people aren't rational robots, right? Mm. <laughs> so like I mentioned uh, earlier, I was like a really sort of sciencey, like logic loving type of kid, okay? Right. And because of that, that sort of, at times it would hurt my ability to connect with people mm. because I really had a, I really didn't like, uh, like talking to people who were more emotion than <laughs> rational, rational reasoning. Right. Right. So, and I really learned this when I started really getting uh, passionate about my religion and everything. I wanted to sort of try and convince people that, you know, this is, the this is a true religion and that we should try to, to, to follow it right so i remember i would go to my classmates everyone is muslim obviously but uh i sort of wanted to instill this passion in them right and one common uh, objection that these people that many people bring up when it comes to religion is like oh it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make rational sense to me hmm. but islam is i feel like the, the only religion which creates this harmony between logic spirituality and you know the day-to-day experience of being a human being, basically. Hmm. So I would actually, I would uh, open and have a conversation with someone and they would say, you know what, you've convinced me, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to change anything in my life. Hmm. And that's when, that would always sort of stump me, right? Because it was like, but you're the one who said that, it's, that it didn't make sense to you. So why, now that it makes sense to you, why don't you want to, I don't know, start praying five times a day and everything, right? <laughs> then later on, I found out that actually there's more to convincing someone of something, right? I think it was like Aristotle or something, someone who said that there's like three parts of, an, of a convincing argument. Okay. There's like logos, pathos, and ethos. Logos is the rational part. Pathos mm-hmm. is, I believe, uh, the emotional side and ethos is the ethics side mm. and even when you look at the pri- the life of the prophet Muhammad when he announced his prophethood majority of the people who if not all of them I think they uh, accepted Islam simply because they knew his character mm. they knew that they've already lived like 40 years with him and then he announces uh, prophethood so they already knew that this man is a trustworthy man. He has ex- excellent character. So he's not going to lie to us, right? And that's what I was missing because the way I was <laughs> trying to convince people was as if, if it was almost as if I was looking at the example that uh, 
sorry, the way that I was trying to convince people, it was not something that you would really find in the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So it's not like whenever people would come and ask him about Islam, he would have like a six-hour debate with them. Okay. He would sort of emotionally disarm them <laughs> with his amazing character and that would make them open to wanting to accept the 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 message right and that's when i realized that actually you do you you have to be human you can't just be a robot right <laughs> so that's something which i wish i knew earlier for sure so yeah i mean there's a lot of humanistic emotions that the rational part is a very small part <laughs> of humans and sometimes you can get through to it that way. Most of the time you can't. So, uh, yeah. So thanks for sharing your story. We'll probably do a deeper dive in, in other uh, topics. But what are some of the future aspirations that we can look forward to catching up with you on? And, and where can folks reach out to you if they want to connect with you? Okay. Yeah. So in terms of future aspirations, future aspirations is just uh, making it through university at the moment. <laughs> and other than that, uh, yeah, just sort of containing with the tribe and seeing where it goes. Like we started this organization only two years ago and it's gone from sort of having pretty much only the team members attending the events to like you know we have now we now have like nine regular weekly programs which happen for kids wow. and each of those has like 60 80 kids coming at in each and every single class mm. or something like that and it's really you know amazing how that growth has happened and it shows that you know we're doing the right thing because obviously one kid goes, he has a great time, he goes and tells the other kids, right? right. And then they all start coming. So I just want to see, you know, where that journey is going to take me. And I'm definitely sort of focusing on increasing my own uh, spirituality, even here in Canada. And can folks reach out to you on, on LinkedIn or email or what, what's the best place to connect with you? Yes, 100%. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I, you, I really don't have any standards for when it comes to accepting <laughs> connection <laughs> requests. So you don't even need to send me a message. But if you send me a message saying, oh, I heard you on the podcast, that's going to uh, really help me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So thanks so much Fires, for, for sharing your, your story, your, your passion uh, and, and, and your interest and, and kind of that journey to find your purpose. And, and I, I know you're still on that journey, uh, but we'll look forward to having you back and kind of connecting with you and see how it goes. So uh, thanks so much for joining and hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. Yeah, definitely. It was, a, it was an honor and a privilege to be on the podcast and to connect with you further, Loki. Sounds good. Take care. You too. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.